Okay, hello, and welcome to the latest episode of Innovations in Education, eCampus News' podcast on the latest and greatest happenings in the higher ed ed tech space. My name is Kevin Hogan. I'm content director for eCampus News, and I'm happy you found this podcast today. In this episode, Kara Eldersveld, she's the strategic consultant for Global Solution Services at Anthology, discusses the results of their most recent research surrounding the wants and needs of this most current crop of post-pandemic college students. A lot of data in this report. Some of the highlights include mental health is a top challenge for college students. 44% report that they're feeling anxious or overwhelmed about expectations and and workload. 41% of them cited managing mental health and wellness as their top challenge. Also, Student needs and leader perspectives is a balancing act. 33% of students believe that expanding the range of relevant courses and majors is an element that could help fellow students complete their degree. Also, obviously, technology. That there are opportunities to improve the student experience through the use of technology. 90% of students report having access to a self-service portal. However, 38% feel that that information is not that easy to consume. So there's a lot to unpack in this white paper and a lot of good reportage. Give a listen and let us know what you think. Kara, thanks so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. And let's jump right into it. Let's talk about the report. Let's talk about the genesis of the report. Give us the lowdown. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's interesting. We kind of got together almost a year ago talking about kind of the need for further understanding, right? After the pandemic, just a little bit of an outlier, there was a lot of assumptions going out there, right? If, then, but what? And kind of almost categorizing these prospective students and current students in different ways. So we really wanted to not only inform, but also kind of set a baseline after the pandemic to just kind of state of the union of what this is right now as we think further, how are those learners changing and things of that nature? So a little bit of a compass from that perspective. So We wanted it from a global standpoint as well. I mean, it was obviously a global pandemic and just how that influences kind of perception and how the U.S. could compare. So we looked at over five and really kind of conducted the survey of 5,000 higher education leaders and current students across 11 countries. And then this report specifically, we narrowed in to 255 students and 251 educational leaders responding. And really that theme was figuring out and trying to refine teaching, learning, the services education providers, you know, can connect with students on learning environments, preferences. So kind of across the gamut of really what is that higher education experience today and how do their schools measure up versus how the educational leaders think that they're delivering for their students. Yeah. And as you look at it, any big surprises, I mean, anything that while you're going through the process, like, wow, that's that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I think one of the most jarring figures across the board is really looking at, you know, modality preferences, right? And it is overwhelming, almost 64% in some sort of online capacity. And really, if you look at other benchmark studies of what that is and the progression of that, that is a tipping point, I think, from that perspective of a true preference of what it is. Interesting part is that university leaders hear that and they have kind of ranked that as one of their top priorities of how they want to deliver. But from a student perspective, it was almost table stakes, right? 
So I think that's something that's interesting is that, you know, when you think that you're delivering for that student and, you know, hitting it out of the park because you're offering online, they do not see that as a differentiator. Right. But something, you know, it's just a standard across the board. Seeing kind of the numbers play out across of where they prioritize versus the expectations was an interesting juxtaposition between the two, for sure. Definitely. I think from a a faculty perspective, an administrative perspective, people of a certain age, let's say, all of this still remains a little bit of a novelty when it comes to education, right? In terms of remote modalities or high flex or whatever you want to call it. But this generation just endured a beta test of almost two years of having to use it. So why not use it? It's a really great way to put it. And I think universities have an opportunity, as the research shows, to say then what's next, right? So the modality is the table stake. And what was an overwhelming one in three students really saying the range of relevant courses and majors as an element is a is their number one component. They want rich content. They want dynamic content, relevant content, programming that meets their needs and where they want to go to, dot, 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 is their second, you know, the third priority of outcomes and career advancement and things of that nature. So they really correlate the learning content and experience to exactly how they're going to be successful outside. So for lack of a better word, the product of the institution is number one in the student mindset, which speaks to the modality as opposed to the experience in the clubs and things of that nature, which is also important from a sense of belonging. But really, it's brass tacks. What is the product? I want to learn and I want outcomes. Yeah, the level of self-awareness of today's student is is really impressive. And I think that goes along with one of the results that I, I found interesting was that the ideas of mental health being front and center, probably the top three or four, it seemed there's one of the, the biggest challenges. Again, I have to think that that is another byproduct of this pandemic era that we've kind of gone through where people are more aware of, of those those traumas, but also those challenges of but also what they need as tools going forward. 100%. Um, If you look at it, it really collectively, whether that be from mental health to like academic stress and what that is and kind of moving those together, it was 64%, right? So it's a pretty overwhelming response of saying that that is the number one, you know, a large support between the two. Um, It actually supersedes all of them if you add them together of what they need. And what's interesting, institutions were aligned. They kind of were neck and neck of where they felt that that fell on their priority list, both from a student perspective and institution's perspective, which is a really good thing to see. That was something that was really promising in my eyes to say, you know, that this is a priority for institutions as well. And the correlating component of that, though, right, is how do we make sure that they don't have those academic stresses? How do we support from a mental health standpoint? And students were saying, you know, we want reminders. We need, like, what is that academic support? We want mentoring and tutoring and things of that nature. And on the flip side, the institutions felt that they were delivering that, right? I mean, it's multifaceted from an academic support and mental health perspective, certainly. But some of these components where we were having them rank of what the students preferred and how they wanted to be connected with those kinds of resources, even career advising and things of that nature. Institutions say, check, check, we've got those covered. And the interesting part, and we were discussing this internally a little bit, is how that is communicated to the student. Do they know that those resources exist, especially going full circle if you're hybrid or remote? 
I mean, if it's an on-campus 10 to 4 office hour window of what that is, that doesn't necessarily meet the needs of those students, those non-traditional students. How do you offer something that's 24-7 virtual, things of that nature? And I think that's um, an opportunity for institutions to say, at the core, we have this, but is it accessible in the way that students are thinking that they need it? Yeah, and especially in terms of the dynamics uh, when you're talking about mental health and issues such as that, I know on the K-12 side as well as on the higher ed side, they find that this particular, if we want to call it a modality, right? I mean, that this isn't a learning modality, but a communications technique makes it easier for people maybe to talk about issues over Zoom than sitting in somebody's office. A hundred percent. I mean, it's I mean, it's definitely becoming more and more of the norm, right? Bringing some of those barriers down. And I think, you know, kind of shifting the mentality of saying this is an opportunity to meet the student where they are. You know, so often if we look historically and a lot of the just analyses and studies of institutions at large, they were a destination, right? Which can be a beautiful thing, right? It could be an escape. It can be, you know, a home away from home, those kinds of components. But at the same time, I think institutions need to deliver. And that's a hard, it's a hard gig, right? I mean, this it's yeah. multiple things that they need to do. It's still this destination where sense of belonging, clubs, social connections, all important, ranking important to institute or for students. But on the flip side, they need to meet the student where they are and become more accessible and bring down some of those walls and barriers and thinking about ways, different ways and modalities that they can connect with students. And I think the nice thing with that too, though, is that these little nudges seem to be really, really resonating with students. And if we think about this in the context of like the the generational, like who were, who are we really in or, you know surveying here? And we're looking at kind of the Gen X. And even as we think in the future about kind of alpha and that nature, it's really integrated, right? In terms of technology and integrated experiences, it's really seamless in what that looks like. And so a lot of that is just these technology props and innovative, you know, nudges of reminders of what that looks like. And it's not hand-holding, but it's integrated into their daily life so they can be multifaceted um, individuals on their, on that campus. Yeah. Now, when you talk about 5,000 different institutions, are these results scalable? I mean, if we're, we're looking at the results from a uh, community college versus um, University of Michigan? Yeah, really great question. I think that looking at the type of student is a really, really important lens. And so I think you have different circumstances and different personas. A working non-traditional student in a community college aspect versus a full-time on-campus student at the University of Michigan. However, the mental state of what that looks like is becoming more and more blended in terms of not necessarily resources, but the expectation that that student has of themselves, right? It is very, very aligned across the board from a persona perspective, career outcomes. And you can dial that up or dial that down based on resources and circumstances of what that looks like, but they need to see the return on investment. They need to see the trajectory and the pathway, right? And I think that the interesting part here too is that they want options, but not too many. And that is across the board, right? So a lot of times, you know, when the world is your oyster, that creates paralysis. And so I think the 
fine tune of what this is, is not trying to be everything to everyone. But at that institution, what do you do really well? Creating a broad sandbox and an innovative sandbox in that area because that student chose your institution for a reason that fits their lifestyle needs outcomes. But then, you know, allow them to play around in that sandbox of what that is and create really nice combined pathways for success and career outcomes. So I think when when you look at that lens from a scalability perspective, you have to put your institutional strengths in that and assume that they're, you know, attending that your institution for the right reason from that perspective. Yeah. Now for our our listeners or for our readers, is there a way to prioritize some of these results in terms of a takeaway for what they need to do next this year and years going forward? Yeah. I went round and round on this because the, a lot of the inputs influence each other, right? And so I think it's a an asterisk that we should note that all of these are important, right? Holistic kind of experience of what that looks like. They all make up a sum of a greater whole. And But at the same time, there's limited resources and we wanted to be able to give directions to institutions of what to prioritize. I would say the number one thing is really looking at what programs you are offering your students in terms of majors, alternative credentials, things. I mean, and so a little, you know, what does that look like? And is that relevant in your economic community? Is that delivering on relevant workforce needs? Which also, I mean, kind of creates in terms of innovation is how quickly can you respond to that, right? How can we adjust? And I mean, they want strong internships, workforce connections, you know, even from a hybrid perspective, kind of that work experience and tangible case studies and results. Those are kind of the takeaways from that. And so I think if you start there and then transaction, like right after that is that a product is there, what that experience is and how you're helping those students absorb that new kind of content around from a mental health and academic perspective, you'll be in a nice sweet spot in the next you know year or two. That's great stuff. You know, a lot of stuff for our readers to chew upon in that report. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to break it down for us. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. Opportunity. Like you said, I think each one of these categories could be a chapter in itself. And there's actually a couple of books around those, right? But last thing I would say is really look at these results from a generational perspective. It gives it a nice little lens to cut through and to help prioritize what that looks like and hopefully meet the student where they are. Excellent. Well, Kara, thanks again. I really appreciate it. And that wraps it up for this episode of Innovations in Education here at eCampus. I hope you enjoyed it. And please go up online to eCampusNews.com to see our other podcasts, as well as a great amount of information that university school leaders can use to do their job. Once again, I'm Kevin Hogan, and thanks for listening.